Yo, welcome to Diversity Hires, the Diversity Hires, where Sherm and Shu shoot the shit about screenwriting. We are two professional screenwriters living and working in Los Angeles, and each week we take you through a discussion of the craft, culture, and the business of writing for film and television with a distinctly Black point of view. I'm Shukri Tillman, a.k.a. Shu. And I'm Sherman Payne, greatest screenwriter of all time. Let's get to it. The G-Swope. How you doing, Shu? I'm good. Uh... I, I, I'm I'm doing pretty well. We're going to talk a lot about pitching today, I know, amongst other things. And I have just finished a couple of weeks of intense pitching. And so I'm at one of those places that I know you can relate with where you've developed a pitch, you've thought a lot about something, you've got the pitch down, maybe you've pitched it, maybe you haven't, but you get to this place where it's like it's out of your hands. And so you feel pretty good. And so that's where I am now. I, Wait, are you, <clears throat> you mean it's out of your hands in that you've done all the work you can do and you're waiting to pitch or it's out of your hands like you've pitched and you haven't heard back yet? Both, both. I think like, I think they're both similar feelings. Like for, for me, they're, they're like, I can't, all I can do is pitch well, develop mm. the pitch, try to pitch clearly and well. And if somebody buys it, great, but there's no more work really for me to do. Uh, at once that once that pitch is developed and, and done, you know, so. I think we should back up because, sure, you know, we have a lot of uh, I, I hope that we have. I don't know how, what kind of listeners we have, but I hope <laughs> that we have a lot of listeners who are absolute beginners. Yeah, I would love that. I hope so. Too. So let's ask the most obvious question. What is a pitch? Yes. What is a pitch? What do you mean when you say you've been pitching? What is a pitch? Shoe? Yeah, and we should swing back and talk about like what is a sale too, because people have a, a bunch of different things, <laughs> a bunch of different ideas about what that is. Uh, but you know, I, like in all things, you know, in this business, it can mean like five different things. But for me, a pitch is you know, uh, you in television at least you have um, an idea for a television series. Uh, or for uh, in film, you have an idea for a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, you have not written that script, but you are going to sort of come up with a pitch, uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, a half hour worth of talking about the story and, quote, pitching the story to a network or studio in the hopes that they, quote, buy it and pay you to write it. That's gotcha. essentially so it. It's a sales pitch. It is a sales pitch, yes. You know, and, and I think it's interesting that you say you have an idea because <laughs> I, it's not, it's really not always your idea, right? It's like, true. I mean, I think that we are writers who want to do our own stuff and, and really get our own ideas out there. But my experience with pitching, actually, it's, it's usually not my idea. Is that the same for you? Absolutely. At least um, that's a... Yeah, you're right. That's a bit of a misnomer because uh, oftentimes if you're a working screenwriter, like Sherman and I happen to be, uh, people will come to you with uh, with ideas, with a book that was optioned, with the germ of an idea, something, and they want that developed into a pitch. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that happens more often than not. In fact, as we talked about with one of our guests, Gina Atwater, yeah. sometimes when you come to people with 
an original idea at a pitch, they kind of look at you like sideways, like, well, what is that? What is that? You know, why don't you just go write it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, so yes, that's, it's to sometimes, many times it starts with someone else. You know, when I was first starting out to the point you just made, when I was first starting out, uh, and sort of getting my feet wet in the world of being a professional screenwriter, I always longed to pitch. I always longed mm. to be able to get to the level when I could actually go out and pitch and have a real opportunity to sell something. Because mm -hmm. what happens early on in your career, I think, for most people is they just want to get you to write it. They don't, they don't necessarily want you, uh, especially in film, they don't necessarily want to hear you work through it verbally. They don't, you don't have enough clout necessarily to go into a studio and just convince them through your talking that you could write this pilot or you could write this feature film. So a lot of producers, when they bring you ideas early on, they say, Do you, are you interested in writing it? Will you write it on spec? Will you write it for free, essentially? And once we have a finished script, we can go out and try to sell that. I always was like, I always thought that was, you know, that's a bum deal, first and foremost, just generally speaking, people asking you to spec stuff. So I always thought like, man, I can't wait till I get to the point where I can pitch, where people will just listen to what I have to say and potentially pay me to write the script just based off the idea so that I don't have to do any major writing beforehand. What mm -hmm. I've come to learn, what I've come to learn as I've gotten uh, a little bit more experience in this field is that preparing for pitch is a lot of work. It's not, mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. not just like something where you can roll out of bed and just talk through an idea. You actually have to do a lot of the same preparation work you would do before you write a script to even get to the point where you can pitch it. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, I'll even take it a step back even, even, before that, because I agree, like uh, I sort of envisioned when I was uh, um, trying to break into the business, envisioned like being able to pitch as a as a real privilege, which it is, because yeah. as I was uh, um, uh, alluding to just a, a second ago, is that not just anybody can get into the rooms to pitch. That's another big hurdle in, in one's career is like trying to figure, trying to get to a place where you can break in enough and then have experience enough or cloud or whatever you call it that, you know, someone will actually hear your pitch, whether it's original or coming from somewhere else. Um, that's a huge hurdle because I, I talk to a lot of sort of aspiring screenwriters who have an idea and want to be able to pitch it to someone and in that case, and just have trouble like getting in the room to pitch, like how am I going to pitch to X, Y, Z? And I, in that case, my advice is always actually to just write it in that case. Um, have a piece of material. It's easier for people to read it um, and evaluate it rather than to, to have a pitch. But, um, but yes, back to if you're lucky enough to be able to uh, get to a place where you can pitch and people will hear your pitch. Yeah, the big thing is like, it is a ton of preparation. You are essentially figuring out, mm. especially in a feature, I think, you're, which I, I just got finished pitching my first time pitching a feature. Oh, you've never pitched had, a feature before? No, that I had not written, you know, just pitching an you know, idea. You really have to figure out, I mean, essentially all of, not every single little beat, but the whole story. You have to know I mean, all of the major beats and a yes. lot of and a lot of the beats sort of in between the major beats because <laughs> what is inevitable and I want to talk about like 
I want to get into the nitty gritty of like what a pitch day is like, what happens when you walk in the room, what pitching yeah. is like now during how to structure a pitch, how to structure a pitch, um, what pitching is like during a pandemic. But just to your point about a, a feature and sort of in the preparation that you have to know those beats, man, because you will um, undoubtedly get asked the question about like some detail that you haven't thought. And you have to mm -hmm. either be able to improvise in that moment, which some people can do, or mm -hmm. you have to actually know the story well enough to be able to answer those questions about like how certain mechanics of the plot work. Yes. Before we go further, you know, you said something really interesting about that you hear from young uh, and aspiring writers about how they get the opportunity to pitch. How do they get in the room? What's the answer to that, Shu? Like, was there a moment when you knew that you could uh, stop having to write stuff on spec, stop having to um, mm. see a script all the way through before people would take you seriously. And that when you realize I could just go in the room and talk about it and possibly get some money because you've sold several pitches. When did you, yeah. when did you uh, make that transition from writer who people who didn't have enough credibility to walk in a room and t just talk it out to a writer who can now sell things verbally? That's a, that's a good question. I can only, um, yeah, I can only relay my own experience. So I, I was step, my first staffing job was on a USA show called satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Um, and prior to that, you know, I was like any other screenwriter, uh, or television writer trying to break in, you know, had written specs. And I've talked about this on the podcast before written pilots. Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe in writing specs for shows that exist. We should talk about that at a certain point. I mean, I co-signed that so hard, bro. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a whole another topic. That's, yeah. But uh, it's a ridiculous thing. You should not do it. And yes. people are still out there telling people they should because of these fellowship programs that only accept them. Yeah, I mean, those felt, uh, let's go off on a tangent. We can, you know, <laughs> We can okay. go into it. We'll, we'll cycle. I'll cycle we'll back. Cycle back to but I just want to say to that point, you know, like, no, I don't want to read your modern family spec. Absolutely not. I like yeah, why I wrote a modern family spec. Check it out. And I don't care. Like, it doesn't tell me anything about what you would write. It doesn't tell me about your story sensibilities. No. It doesn't tell me about your voice. I know that you're good at imitating, which mm -hmm. I think used to be in television, a much more important part of the job. Yes, right? it was you, desirable. When, yeah, when you're just when you're pumping out 20, 25, 26, <clears throat> 30 episodes of, of network TV, there is a certain comfort in the assembly line nature of it that everything you get is going to be the same and uniform. That's not mm -hmm. television today. Stop writing specs of other shows. For real. Did you? Sorry. And, and whoever's I agree. And whoever's giving you that advice, you know, I understand it's stupid that the Disney program and I think most others at this point still um, require a spec script as the first round entry, at least to, so in order to apply. It's so still, I don't understand. Like, they have it, to get with the times. Like we, well, ironically, they value they are, that you must have a pilot if you get further, if you get into the second round or beyond, because that's ultimately what they value. So why yes. even have you bother with this dumb spec? I don't understand. It's I don't know. Stupid. Don't do it. I don't do it. Are it's the people dumb. running those programs 80 years old? I mean, no, that's like, you know, no, I don't want to get into ageism, but are they 80 years old? Like, did they form their sensibilities in the like 1981? Like, was <laughs> well, that, look. is that what happened? I, maybe. I, I think part of it too is like, this is just a business that for whatever reason, 
stupid things that were just are just relics of an old time yeah stick around i mean we this is still an industry where if you print out a script you know you still stick these dumb metal brads into it it's the stupidest thing ever why would you do that when in in a world in which you have you know book binding or or, or three ring binders or whatever yeah. ways and why would you have a metal a little piece of metal that opens up that you have to take in and out whatever anyway i, I like that aspect though I when i write a feature when i write a feature and i, I print it out on that three hole punch paper and I, I put those brads in it just looks so fresh to me it looks like yo this is a movie bro uh, okay okay but that's that's okay okay well okay to circle back but though, there are way more functional ways of course i mean technology. first of all stop printing stuff on paper anyway because it's 2020 yes, exactly. and we can read it exactly. on our phone exactly. but i think but, to bring it back full circle you said that uh you know we sort of hang on to things in this industry way longer than we should i actually feel like pitching sort of falls into that category a little bit true i i well know, like the ver like in that, what way because it's a weird performative thing that feels old timey to me, honestly. Like, interesting. It really does. Like, uh, to me, here's the thing I think I have tons of writing now. I have tons and tons of writing um, that is available to read. Um, uh -huh. I've been fortunate enough to have quite a few things produced at this point episodes of television, a movie, sure. a couple movies, one's in production right now. So, you can get very quickly an idea of what kind of writer I am, what I what my writing is like on the page and what my writing is like on the screen. If you want me to write something, just hire me to write it. You know, oh. just just hire me to write it. You know who I am. There's tons of evidence of who I am. Just hire me to write it. And instead of me coming into the to the room and like tap dancing for my supper and going through all these performative gestures, Let's sit down like two grownups. You tell me what you want because I'm I'm an artist, but I'm also a craftsman, right? Like I'm also a worker. You tell me what you want. I'm going to tell you what my sensibilities are and we're going to work it out. It's so much. It would be so much easier to do it in the form of a really robust outline or just do it in the form of a script that I'm getting paid for. than right. to try to do this one off performance that gives people an idea of what I want to do, because the fact of the matter is. I'm not married to any of that shit that I say in the pitch. No, oh, of course not. It's all meaningless. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it, you know, I'm trying to give you an idea of, of what I'm going to write. I'm trying to give you an idea of what I think you want, which is the, a big aspect. But at the end of the day, if you give me a note that any of it doesn't work, it shouldn't, like you having a feeling that something doesn't work in the pitch shouldn't be like, well, I guess Sherman wasn't right for the job. It should be like a great point for us to launch our conversation about actually making the thing. I agree. Well, there's two things. Okay. I want to go back to your original question and then I want to, and then I want to hit, yeah, we went off on a tangent, hit, hit that, uh, that thing you brought up. Okay. So your original question was about how do you get like, into the like place? Eight, where like eight minutes pitch. ago, I asked you, <laughs> how do you get to the position where you can actually pitch? So for me, it was, I had, you know, I had, I had to staff on a show first no one would you know hear a pitch and i don't i don't know if i was even trying to but no one would hear a pitch before that once i was on that show one of the things that happens for for people out there listening is that oftentimes when you're on the show you're staffed on the show especially if you're new and you haven't met people from the studio who make that show 
you do a lot of general meetings with those people from that studio. And it's usually just to meet you and, uh, you know, whatever, just to sort of build, start building a little bit of a relationship. This is a relationship business. But one of the things that happens is you tend to meet the development executives uh, because they always want to know. Um, they have you under a certain kind of deal anyway. They always want to know, uh, hey, if you got any ideas, you got anything you're thinking about, uh, the door is open. You know, you can always talk to us. It's not necessarily an invitation for a formal pitch, but it is an invitation to sort of have a talk. Okay, let me stop you. Because are you saying that you are meeting the executives within the apparatus that has already hired you? So they've hired yes. you to be a staff writer on the show, and then you sort of get invited, the door is open to meet with because these are huge companies, right? Like, yes. was that Universal Cable Productions? That, this was uni yes, exactly. Okay, that's a huge company. There are tons of employees, tons of creative execs, tons of development execs. And so yes. you're saying that like, now that you're actually work for one of their shows, you, you may not have even met more than one person on the company. And so yes. now get invited to sort of meet other people, right? Correct, that's exactly right. Because from their perspective, you're a new writer, mm -hmm. you may have new ideas, they want to build a relationship, you're under, you're staffing on their show, so you're under a quote, exclusive contract with them anyway, Yeah. assuming the show comes back and all that. So why not build a relationship? I think that's their perspective. Okay. So that's an opportunity for a writer to sort of be like, well, yeah, maybe I do have an idea or two or whatever you know they're not you're a staff writer so it's not like they're looking for expecting something big but the door starts to open a little bit for me what happened is that that coinc that happened to magically coincide with um i should say I'm, i have a former life as a documentary filmmaker mm -hmm. i was in new york i'll tell a brief story i was in new york after my first season on that show at a pitching event pitching a documentary Mm -hmm. um, that it ended up never getting made, but I was pitching a documentary because I lived in New York at the time. In the audience was a woman named Diane Hauslin, mm -hmm. who uh, also makes documentaries, but happened to be the producer uh, Walter Mosley's television producer. Okay. They had a deal at Universal Cable Productions. Um, she asked me, she knew from my pitch that I had worked on that show. I was connected to that studio. She asked me if I was interested in adapting any of Walter's books. One in particular came to me that they happened to have, like I said, happened to have a deal. It was sort of kismet. That was my first pitching situation. We ended up selling that show to NBC. Uh, never got made, a show called Tempest. And so that sort of opened a door for me very early to be able to sort of, now I have a sale under my belt. Now I'm, it's easier for my reps and for everyone else to sort of allow me to get into other rooms uh, to be able to pitch stuff. So that's how I was able to sort of get it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think you're talking about sort of getting accomplishments under your belt. You know, that's what I hear you saying in a way is yeah. like getting staffed is a huge progression in a, in a television writer's career. It's sort of like what really opens the door to a professional career. Correct. Uh, having yeah. a documentary that you, that come on t comes on TV is a huge accomplishment. It gets you noticed. For me, it's funny because I feel like pitching, I've pitched here and there. You know, I've, I've been a, a t television writer on, uh, I think, four different shows now. Um, I've had movies go into production. I've had script sales. Um, and I've pitched here and there. 
I don't think the opportunity, honestly, for really just going in and talking about an idea, no script behind it, just talking about an idea and having a genuine shot to sell that. I don't think that actually happened until this year for me. Really? Yeah, okay. I know it sounds late, right? But I think. Do you, why? Do, why do you think? Because of Sundance. No, no, no. Why? Not oh, why before, didn't happen though? this year? Okay, so yeah. why it's happened now is because I think of Sundance. I think there was press around Sundance. I had a movie premiere at Sundance. Um, and that was, that's a big deal. People take notice of it. And I think that was the first time that people s said, oh, wow, Sherman is a, a legitimate writer who we can just bring in to talk about ideas and we understand uh, that he'll execute. Why it didn't okay. happen before? I don't know, man. You know, I mean, like, to be honest, I was not, I was not really pursuing jobs and potential opportunities that would have required a lot of pitching. I was pursuing a lot of rewrites where the rewrites were just sort of handed to me, like Sherman, we mm -hmm. think you can do this. And that's another thing is like, you can get re in the feature world, getting rewrites is sort of the first step to a feature career, actually writing your own thing or actually getting credit on a big movie by yourself. You sort of, it's like the equivalent of working your way up the, the television hierarchy. You sort of start with rewrites and build and build and build. So I was getting a lot of rewrite um, opportunities. I was getting a lot of opportunities where I had really deep relationships with executives and they were sort of just bringing stuff to me. It didn't require a lot of pitching. Sometimes they were the, the production company wasn't even bringing it to the studio yet. They were just paying out of their own development funds, which means mm. that I didn't have to talk to so many people. There weren't so many hoops to jump through. But I think when, like I said, when Sundance happened, it gave the industry permission to say, Let's just bring Sherman in here's idea. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think that's the big, that's the yeah. big difference. And for you, has it been like hear his original idea or hear what he's thinking about or or we have an idea that we want to sort of put in his head and see what his his take is? I mean, my most successful pitching story just happened. I can't talk about it yet uh, because I, I did sell it and it hasn't been announced yet. But my most successful pitching story uh, happens to be with somebody bringing me a piece of intellectual property. For those of you listening, intellectual property is an existing story. It could be a novel, an article, a comic book, an old movie, a song, a, a musical artist, whole catalog, whatever. It's called IP, intellectual property. It's an existing piece of work that you base your script off of. So they brought me a piece of IP, which was a comic book, and they just, they really liked me. They put a lot of effort and faith into me in particular. I was not pitching against a whole bunch of other writers. It was really something for me. And then we cultivated the pitch together. They were excited about my ideas. And we took that to the network and the network loved it. That was mm -hmm. the best case. I think that's the best case scenario for any for any writer uh, short of doing your own ideas. Um, so that's been my best pitching story. In terms of pitching my own ideas, I haven't really pitched my own ideas, man. I've really pitched me only yeah. producers ideas. The one exception is I did write an original pilot, but I had already written the whole pilot. And then when we went out to buyers, I ended up basically pitching them the season. So I had written the pilot. Mm -hmm. The season, of course, didn't exist because I've only written one episode. And then I pitched them my ideas of what the season would be. I guess right. that kind of counts as my own original idea. But in terms of just like. But you had to write it. Oh, I already wrote the pilot, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. In terms of just like going out and like we need to hear what your idea is, that has not happened for me yet. 
Yeah, me either. I mean, I think the the closest thing I can think of is a project that I've talked about before where I optioned the rights to a book and am developing a pitch around it. But that's just me operating as producer, producer yeah. hat on one end um, and, and writer hat on another. But I want to bring what you just said back to something else you said earlier that, that we didn't finish, which was the notion of <laughs> the antiquated notion of of pitching it is it is it antiquated this sort of why not just yes. be <laughs> yes it is antiquated well you you're putting it in the in the in the sort of context of if you have an idea that you want to do then just you know my writing this is what you were saying you know my writing you know my track record if you just come to me and say let's do it you know yeah but i that doesn't that assume that like they're they who and that they being network studio whatever that they are going to do it anyway because i think like most of the pitching in fact all with the exception of one um most of the pitching situations that i've been in have been either a studio or an independent producer or whoever having an idea mm -hmm. whether they go to one writer myself or a bunch of writers but having an idea selecting a writer and then developing taking forever to develop this a pitch mm -hmm. and then going in it's not as if they it's a go to begin with they have to then convince the network the buyer um to buy the show so how could they sort of skip that other skip the step do you know what I mean? Unless we were in it. Do you know what I'm saying? How yeah, could they I, hear what, I hear what you're saying, but like, you know, so what? The studio should be taking the same, the studio should be taking the same point of view that I'm advocating for too, which is hand them my scripts. Hand them my scripts. Tell, like. Oh, so the, so just tell them a little bit about the story. What, what, what the I, new idea is. I just don't know, like, why do I have to perform a story? Like, why do I have to go <laughs> and perform and go, and then in act two, you won't believe what happens. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen in Act Two. It's 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 all yeah, ridiculous. I'm making this up. I'm yeah. making this up. To, it's it's going to change. It's so disingenuous. <laughs> it's so disingenuous, and it's not disingenuous because you're lying. It's disingenuous because you don't know. You can't I, possibly yes. know how a story is going to turn out until you sit down and write it. Exactly. At the minimum, you need to do a very robust outline so you can at least see on the page how exactly. things work and how they relate to each other. So this idea that I'm going to go in and talk for 10 minutes perfectly encapsulate what the story is going to be. And then you're going to go, I just didn't like that midpoint. And then you're like going to press the pass button and I'm going to fall into the pit of alligators below. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. Like, you know, like, again, let's talk like grownups, man. Yeah. You have an idea. And this is, I guess you're right that this does skew more towards ideas that people really want to do. Uh, yeah, as opposed to ideas where you have to talk them into being interested, but which is most of them. I, that actually has not been my experience. Really, most of the stuff that I've been pitching for, it honestly, has been uh, about ideas or properties that that I'm, are set up. That I'm yeah, that are set up, and that I'm pretty sure that they might not make it. Right, they might not sure. ever go to production, but that they yeah. are going to hire some person to write the script. Let, let's break this down for people that don't know. So, because yeah. there, there are two categories that we're talking about, and I don't want to be too inside baseball. Yeah. So, there's, there's this episode, one This episode is super inside baseball. <laughs> there's one category in which, um, you know, uh, 
so-and-so studio who develops a lot of things. They may buy the rights to this book or that book or whatever, but they're a studio and they're not a, they're without getting too deep. They're not a buyer. They're, they, you know, finance, I'm talking about television for now. Mm -hmm. They finance television shows, right. Uh, And try to sell them to buyers who are networks, you know, or streamers. Right. Uh, In in television, the person who distributes it, the person who exhibits it is considered the buyer. Is considered the buyer, the right? Entity, so, not the person, the entity. That's right. And so the 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 studio the that wants the buyer to buy X project, they go out to writers and say, "Can you develop a pitch around this this book that we've bought the rights to?" But they don't know that 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 anybody is going to buy it. It's all speculative. They have no idea, right? That's right. one category. And w- what we're saying is that. In my experience, that's mostly uh, mostly the, there's the other category in which uh, I am, let's say I am universal television, just making this up mm-hmm. and I buy something. But I've skipped this writer step and NBC or whatever, someone in-house probably has already decided that they're pretty much going to buy this. thing. Right. They, they they so it's already set up. in fact maybe they've already bought it it's mm-hmm. already set up that's what we mean set up it's already bought the buyer the network already wants a script around it they have money for it mm-hmm. they just need a writer and so they're seeking a writer to come in and sort of pitch quote for a job that exists already with money behind right it. and you're saying that you have experienced the first which is a More producer essentially not. a producer or studio comes to you and says, let's see if we can get this idea together and somebody will eventually buy it. Correct. Even then I would say, if you got a book, send the buyer the book, send the buyer my script. That's it. That's all they need. <laughs> I'm not against you. That's all they need. Uh, Why do yeah. they need more? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the, it's really weird. Cause there's not like a lot of, uh, analogs in other jobs for this thing, which is also why I feel like it's sort of antiquated because it just like exists outside of space and time in the real world. It's this weird thing that writers have to do. I have to do the work, right? I'm not getting paid. You never get paid to develop the pitch, but you have to do a ton of work. You have to really break the entire story as we discussed before. Then I have to go in and I have to give the performance of a lifetime. I'm not Mm -hmm. a performer, I'm a writer. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I think I'm, I think we're both pretty good at it in that people would say, you know, those boys are articulate, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, nah, but you know what I'm saying? Like people would, yeah. people would say Sherman and Shu, they're pretty good at it. I know. I don't know if we're going to win awards, but we, we're okay. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, that's not what I like to do. I don't like to no, go and speechify and perform for people, you know? So that's, I, that's my know, only the, point. The amount of stuff that and we've talked about this a little bit before but the amount of non-writing that goes into the life and career of a of a screen and television writer is stupid it's something (laughs) stupid it's something (laughs) yeah it's it's dumb i agree it's totally dumb it's something that we should talk about in depth in future episodes because it's sort of the part of the job that people don't really tell you about you know that um when you're trying to break in almost all of your time is dedicated to actually writing to eat and, and not just, I don't yes. just mean sitting in front of the computer typing, but I mean, you're thinking about your ideas, your stories, 
you're outlining, you're discussing, you're getting notes. It's all going and funneling towards the story that you're actually working on. Yes. And you, the more you start to work, the less time you have to do that. You yes, become, you become yes. a business. You become yes. sort of a CEO of your own brand and yep. you have to like, now you're like an administrator for yourself. Yeah. You're answering emails and you're setting yes. meetings and you're yes. working on pitches and you're sort of deciding, yes. you're always juggling like, how much can I invest in this thing yep. that I'm doing? Because I really want to get back to writing my actual script, but I yes. need to take a few days off so I can develop this pitch. And then you develop the pitch <laughs> and then the pitch fizzles in the room, <laughs> like fizzle, yeah. you know, which happens a lot. Like it fizzles before you even get to buyers sometimes. Yeah. You, so now you've taken five or six days out of your actual writing to work on this pitch and you've got nothing to show for it. Um, we could talk about that a lot. I, I am at this place right now where we'll mark this somewhere in the history of this podcast, but you know, I've gotten to the end of my, uh, the end of the line for me for developing pitches. Mm. I'm tired of, and, and I've developed a lot. A lot. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure there are other screenwriters who developed three times as uh, as much. Um, but I feel like I've developed a lot. And the average, the average time it takes for me to develop a pitch, and we should maybe segue into structuring it and what yeah. it is. Yeah. But the the average time it takes for me to develop a pitch is honestly about a year. With with wow. the yeah i mean i'm not working on it every day yeah, of course not but with um the amount of other things going on staffing you know mainly staffing but um other projects other mm -hmm. development projects it really takes me about a year to get it right there are exceptions wow. I've, and, and the uh the one exception actually has probably been uh i can't i probably can't talk about it too much but i had a project that was the only project that was set up already mm -hmm. at HBO mm -hmm. that was extremely because I barely had to come up with anything and just sort of say what I thought I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And it was a go and I wrote that project. Mm -hmm. But everything else is like it takes me months and months and months. Anytime a producer has tried to say, well, this will just take like, you know, you know, you could do this in six weeks or two weeks or whatever. It's that shit never happens. I it always takes me forever. But well, see, that's why that would be a red flag to me, Shu. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if it started taking that long, because I've had that experience too, and it, it did not work out. And in retrospect, I should have known a couple months into it that it wasn't going to work out because it was taking so long. This oh, was, really? Yeah, I should have known. Oh, the length you think is the, the problem? The length of what? The length of how the, long? The, the, the longer it takes you to develop it? I think so. I think that that I because I'll tell you. Oh, we should talk about. It. Well, listen. I just in in terms of the uh, the the success story I just told you about. Yeah. The best pitch that I've had. Quick. That was on the sixth week. Ah, interesting. I, I'll tell you how it went. They brought me the idea. They brought me the IP. I had an initial conversation with the junior executives. Not the junior, they're not junior executives, but the executives under the principal of the company. I had a talk with them. They liked it. They gave me some notes. They said, next, you're going to talk to the principal of the company, meaning the person who runs the company, mm -hmm. the, the figurehead of the company. Mm -hmm. Talked to the figurehead of the company with the junior executive's notes included. He loved it. 
mm-hmm. next time I spoke about it, I was speaking to the buyer. Right. And the buyer basically bought it in the room. Now, that probably was a process that took about two months total, man. Two months oh. total from front from from idea to offer. It took about two months. I probably each time I spoke to somebody, I probably put in a couple <laughs> days a couple days of work beforehand. You know what I mean? A couple yeah. days of work, and also thinking about why are you laughing? Because uh, I envy you. This oh. is yeah. well, but it's it's that's how it should work. If pitching is going to be a thing, if we're going to keep pitching going forward, that's how it should be work. A couple days here, you get you get really. You see, you feel the excitement from the people you're talking to. It doesn't. It shouldn't feel like pulling teeth, you know. And well, go ahead. No, no, you. you I don't want to. I'm just you. saying that, like, you know, it should feel new. Re- like it's like uh, when you're dating somebody. Mm-hmm. If you're dating somebody and early on it's already tough, you're already feeling that push and pull. Sure. You're already arguing. You're already bickering about stuff. You're not seeing eye to eye. If that's happening in the first couple of months, yo, run. Get out of there. It's never going to work for you long term. And I sort of feel like that about pitching. Like if you have that initial conversation and you can't sense the excitement in the in the forward momentum with whoever you're talking to, it's probably not going to work out for you, bro. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. Like people should be really excited and we should be moving to the next level uh, to quote my boy T.I. expeditiously. That's a, this is a very interesting take because yeah. you this is an experience where you and I are having different experiences. <laughs> this is one of those things because uh, <laughs> this is like the when we talked about the scripts having the struggle in them and how you were you were getting different advice than yeah. Than, well, I mean, uh, it's than, it's good. it's actually I think good for people who are listening because there's no one path. Exactly. Every writer has totally different experiences. Completely. And I think that um, it's just a, uh, to make the quick point before you go on. Sure. That a lot of times I think young aspiring writers are looking for the magic bullet. Yes. You know, what is the one thing I can do to pitch and sell a pitch? What's the one thing I can do to write a spec script that will sell? What's the one thing I can do to get an agent or a manager? The yeah. answer is there ain't no one thing. There's, There's no a one. million different paths forward. Your process should be totally different than mine and your yeah. experience should be totally different than mine because um if there was only one path everybody could do it and exactly. it would be a very exactly. crowded pathway you know what i'm saying exactly. so i don't want to interrupt you keep going no no it's fine i'll just say like i've i've i was saying that sort of like the length of time like that sort of year 10 months something like that is generally due to me mm-hmm. uh, and so it's your fault yeah, it's never a, a producers want to move much faster. It's usually me that wants to sort of, well, it's always me that wants to slow it down because I don't have time to deal with it. I need to think about it. I need to get it right. And I got, a, you know, a thousand other things going on. And I've always felt like that has worked for me. And um, it's a good, it feels good when it when I'm able to sort of take that time. Now, I, I would like it to be shorter because I don't, I don't, I do agree with you in the sense that like uh, anytime you would feel struggle in the beginning with a producer or something, uh, it's probably, it's probably not the right project. I agree. I have not had those Uh experiences. Okay. Um, That has not led to the, the, the length. If anything, it's just been, um, I've had the opposite experience when I, when I've been, when people have tried to move very quickly, it just turned, it just seems like it's a half baked 
not really well put together thing. And but who knows? I mean, that's why I say I envy you because I don't want it to take that long. And I think that's part of the reason I um, am sort of at the end of my rope about it. I'll just say this one thing real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You. you I was just gonna say that's only happened to me once though. So I don't want. That's not par for the course for me. Like. I don't want you to think that like your Aaron Sherman comes in here and and the pitch is like signed, sealed, and delivered in five weeks. It's that's actually only happened once. So I'm just yes, putting that yes. forward as the best case scenario, what you hope happens. Right. I'm saying that's like the most likely thing. Well, I'll just say I have uh three pitches out there this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh one movie, one limited, and one uh traditional series. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are, are we're the movie and the traditional series actively pitching the limited about to pitch maybe in a week, mm-hmm. week or two. So I'm hoping all those things, uh, go well. Yeah. I'll reveal here on this podcast. One thing. Okay. It's going to sound like a brag, but who cares? That's what we do on the show. I'm nervous because you ready? Uh, yeah. I have never not sold a pitch. Oh my God, that is a flex. flex. You've never not sold a pitch? I've never had a pitch. I've never been out with a pitch that I have not sold. Never. That, that's crazy. So I got three out there though, and they're not looking they're not wow. looking great. So the streak might end. The streak may end this summer with the pandemic and wow. all that other stuff. That might be it. But it takes me a year to do each one, so you know. I mean, but yo, the proof is in the pudding, man. You've you've actually you've sold every pitch that you've ever gone out with. That's a huge flex. I don't I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah, Creed's <laughs> putting up his his muscles right now, bro. He's flexing literally. Um, uh, well, I only say that because it's probably going to come to it. <laughs> so we talked a lot about sort of what pitching is and what it means from a career standpoint. But talk to me a little bit about your process, man. You get this idea from a producer who says, I'd like to craft a pitch around this idea or this piece of existing property. What next? Uh, so producer comes to me. My my very first step is, first of all, to try to see what in... First, you have to evaluate the material. Do you even want to do it? And... There are a lot of things that go into that for me. It used to be, I mean, I would take anything because I was, you know, more up and coming and just anybody brought me anything, I would I would try to find a way to kind of make it work and see if I could be considered. Which is, so by the happy. way, the attitude I think you should have. Absolutely. Uh, early on in your career. Absolutely. I mean, somebody sent me a book. Oh my God, they're interested in considering me as a writer. I'll try to come up with a take. I mean, Absolutely. I did that a lot and got turned down for most of them. But um, now I'm at a place where things come more regularly and I I say no to most everything. Um, But so the first thing is to evaluate the material for me. And I try to find out, you know, they say the old dumb adage, like, write what you know. But really, I like to think like, write what you feel. And it's got to be something in that material that speaks to me emotionally. And then it's even better if it attaches to something that I've been thinking about writing about anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or it Mm -hmm. has some element in it that I can manipulate. That's like, Oh, I was thinking about, 
you know, uh, whatever, a black family drama or something. Right. Like, you know what? I bet this is a way into that. Or I was thinking about a more of a fantasy thing. I bet this is a way into that. You know, that's usually if it can hit those things, the emotional things I'm into and it's connected to something like maybe I was thinking about it anyway. Those are usually good signs. Gotcha. Then the second thing, my next, you know, sort of part of it is like, um, you know, after you talk to producers and all that, I think structuring, I, I like this first, structuring the pitch comes down to two things for me. Number one, the first thing I like to think about before I put anything down on paper is really who is this about? Mm -hmm. Who is the main character? Identifying the protagonist, that is huge for 100%. me. 100%. All the stuff you said. Talk <clears throat> about it. All the stuff you said actually is secondary to that. If I look at the material and I go, this is a protagonist who can carry either a series or a protagonist who can carry a movie, I see that they have a clear, simple objective with lots of stakes that I think could have the requisite cause and effect and twists and turns to carry an entire story. That's what I'm looking for first. And then after that, is it the kind of character that I want to work with forever? So mm -hmm. That's a good point. So is this where you get to breaking the story like once you've identified that character is this where you actually think about the story elements or are you already into some other calculus no i think that's i think from from identifying the main person because again my we call that a protagonist are, yeah my identifying the protagonist the drama shakri <laughs> because again the main, my life the main person shakri <laughs> professional screenwriter the main the main person main person <laughs> You know the guy or you the know, woman, the whoever. main person in the that the show's about. Okay. <laughs> well, yes, the next part to me, of course, is thinking about uh, story because you know, again, my like screenwriter religion is that character is story. You know what I mean? So character informs what their obstacle would be. You know, the, because the obstacle has to relate directly to what the character's wants, needs are. Mm -hmm. You know. And then the result of that, what they do with that obstacle is story. So everything begins with character. That right. is story. There is no separation in my mind uh, for that. So the next thing I have to start thinking about is what, are the, what is their story? And in television, it's not what is their story for 90 minutes or two hours. It's like, what is their long, what is their like sort of five-year story? Right. You know, how does it, and, and then, um, you know, kind of breaking that down season by season, but for a pitch, I'm really just thinking about uh, all of those things, I, but I'm thinking about the pilot story because ultimately that's what I'm pitching. Um, right. And then I can talk about, uh, I, I start to, once I start to think of character, what their obstacles would be, who, who, what they're up against, what they want, what they need, then I start to think about structuring the right. pitch. Yeah, I mean, in television, you're absolutely right. It, you got to, if you're pitching them something, you're pitching them the pilot. Granted mm -hmm. that there's not a pilot that already exists and they're reading it, you're pitching them the pilot. And then actually talking about the season arc, talking about subsequent seasons, you can get progressively less specific on those. They can be much more of a generalized summary, but people really want to know what they're seeing in that pilot episode. For a movie, you know, the movie is the pilot. The movie is the story. So you really have to actually know the entire movie when you're going in to pitch a movie. But it's the same, you know, it's the same exact um, idea behind it, right? You find the character, you 
work the story through the character and then you tell this character's story. I think it's really important not to get bogged down in the details of plot. You know, you don't want to find yourself saying in the pitch and then, and then, and then, and then, and you're just like telling a endless litany of plot points. I think it's much more helpful to look at it from an emotional standpoint. 100%. Tying it back to tracking. What'd you say? Emotionally tracking. Absolutely. You emotionally, uh, you, you emotionally track, uh, the main person, AKA the protagonist, (laughs) and you follow their emotional journey throughout the course of the story. And the funny thing is when you focus on emotions and talking about those characters, emotions, the plot really reveals itself because you find yourself talking about the instances, which they are emotionally affected. And that ends up being the points of the story and the plot that are most important anyway. So I think really always sticking to what is it? And this is about writing in general, and hopefully one day we'll do a deep dive into this as well, but like always sticking to what does that main character want? What are they after? What's standing in their way and how are they emotionally affected by it? And if you do that, you're going to be able to tell a really good story as opposed to trying to tell me every plot point, every bit of spectacle, every visual thing. If you're doing a horror movie, every scare, you know, you don't want to get bogged down in those details. You really want to keep it character driven and let Mm -hmm. people sort of fill in the blanks for themselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I just want to lay out because, you know, sometimes I think people just need like bare bones straight up. Uh, applicable advice so if i'll just lay out what my for television what my pitch structure generally is now there are some you know this may be helpful to people it may not but i'll just lay it out here um because some of you may be thinking about um developing a pitch uh whatever so maybe this helps maybe it doesn't but this is how i structure almost all of my pitches my philosophy around pitching, once I once I get in the room and I'm about to lay out a pitch, is that my philosophy is that I'm just here to tell you a story. And I'm not here to give you a sales document mm. or, you know, I'm not a businessman in that sense. Um, I'm a storyteller. Mm. And what I do well is I write. And so I'm going to write something, this pitch, that is going to be nice to listen to. And I'm just going to sit here like around the campfire or at bedtime or on a podcast or whatever. I'm just going to tell you the best fucking story ever that you've ever heard. So I'd like to begin. This is why with, you sell everything. This is why you sell everything. I'm already, I'm already engaged. I'm already engrossed in this. <laughs> so I like to begin with a detailed teaser. And I just write it as if you're watching it, you know, this, you know, whatever. Joey wakes up. No, no, we can't do that because we talked about that. Don't do Joey wakes but, uh, up. <laughs> Joey gets a phone call. He's panicked. He starts to sweat. We don't know who's on the other end. He hangs up. He gets outside. It's a sunny day. A car screeches up next to him, opens the door. He gets inside. We don't know who's driving, but she seems to like him. Whatever. I just keep going all through the teaser, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The teaser ends with some sort of cliffhang. Don't know what that is, right? That's the first section of my pitch. Just tell it to you like I'm telling you a story. And then I leave that teaser 
into a log line. This is the story of da 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 da, da. a ten part drama about blah blah, yes. blah blah blah, right? Then I start to take a little break and I talk about sort of the themes of this story, the yes. tone, what is it like, and the sort of purpose for it, right? Why does it exist? Then I sort of talk about that's the third section. Then the fourth section for me is just. I want to tell you a little bit more just about the characters who are going to be involved. And I try to keep this small, four or five characters. Yes, the main people. The main, the main people. The main person. The, the protagonist. The main people who surround them. But no, I, I hear you. Like, That's you right. really just want to give them, you don't want to talk about the clerk at the store that they visit. No. You want to talk about the who's going to be the series regulars. If it's a, if it's a television show and you if it's a movie, you want to talk about the protagonist and the antagonist and two or three supporting characters that are really important. That's right. Just a little bit of that. And then again, for television, my sort of next section is I just want to take you through the rest of the pilot, but not in the same detailed beat by beat sort of dramatic way that I did the teaser. I'm really just walking you through sort of the broad strokes and the emotional turns of the pilot because the pilot should be a microcosm for the entire series so and the entire season so you should, should look at the character's journey or i do at least as the character's journey in the pilot as the same it's just a microcosm of the of your main protagonist journey in the season and in the series uh, it's sort of like concentric circles that's how i kind of look at it so the um so I, i'm sort of walking one through what the those main strokes or those main uh, those broad strokes of those pilot beats all the way to the end yeah uh ends with a punch or a cliffhang that sort of lets us know wants us to come back next week for the rest of the season i sort of talk very broadly in the next section about the season arc and then i get to the last section i always think this is really the most important in a lot of ways mm-hmm where in my conclusion, I like to talk about why do this? There's a lot of television shows on the air. What is the emotional resonance, mm. the social resonance, the sort of fun about it? What is it that makes this different? And I try to apply this sort of like political, like you, me, us thing. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about why I'm drawn to it. Okay. I want to talk about... Um, why you might be interested as the you know buyer I mean? you mean as you the, the buyer yeah, okay. yeah i want to talk about why you the buyer and then i want to pull it in and say why it matters to all of us so it's, it's a sort of you why you might be interested why i might be interested what draws me and then what is about what it's universal about all this for for all of us that's my pitch i love it can you tell us about how long that whole when you put the pitch together, you put all those sections, you practice, how long, what, how long do you aim to talk? 30 minutes max. I try to stay in closer to 25. Right. Um, but 30 minutes, I, I try not to be a minute, a second over 30 minutes. And I would have to justify 30. 25 is, is a better, a better thing. I love it. I, my, my process is not much different than that. I don't have much to add. I like to actually start with the themes. I actually start before I even get to uh, any plot point, any of the sort of extended uh, built out log line that you talked about, which I also do. I like to talk about the themes because I think it, I think it makes it sound important, right? 
Like mm-hmm, I think if you say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the feature adaptation of the Diversity Hires podcast is about brotherhood, community, passion. You know what I mean? You just like start to li- listen Dope. to dreams. Dope. Bro, you sound like, oh my Dope. God, he's writing something <laughs> that is like, that our society needs. And it, it's like the I same, love it. it I love but you it. know what? It's like the same 10 buzzwords every single time. <laughs> it's always about obsession. It's always about passion. It's always about community. You know what I mean? So, I um, but I love everything you said, man. Listen, this has been a really great talk, Shu, but I think we should wrap it up. So okay. let's uh, return to our our uh, faithful segment that we do every single time. A little exploration of uh, screenwriting craft, bite-sized advice called Don't Do That Shit. Would you like to go first today, Shu? Sure. Um, my Don't Do That Shit is probably going to be pretty obvious. It's about pitching. And this was something I didn't know when I first started pitching. I'll never forget my first sort of practice pitch with the studio. I went in and I had memorized sort of what I wanted to talk about. And it was maybe seven minutes, maybe eight minutes. And I went in and I pitched that. And the executive who was very nice, kind of was like, uh, oh, oh, okay. Like sort of like, is that it? <laughs> and uh, and oh he proceeded God. to, yeah, it was, it was uncomfortable. And uh, he proceeded to ask some questions of which I had no answers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he basically told me, you need to go back and sort of write all this down. Mm. And um, so my don't do that shit is do not pitch and I know you're going to disagree with this, but do not pitch off the dome unless oh, you are I, having an. I inf- totally agree with that. Okay. <laughs> I totally agree with that, shoe. So you right. got me all wrong, man. I totally all right, all right, I know I what just, you're going to say. Just Absolutely. making sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I do not pitch off the top of your head unless you're having an informal conversation. But that is not what a pitch is. A pitch you need to write. If not every, I write every word I'm going to say, but if you don't do that, at least write out all of your sections, everything. It needs to be something uh, that you write down and then present like you're giving a you know presidential speech or something. Totally agree with that. Don't do that shit. Don't go in unprepared, especially early on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think the more you've done it, the more you understand the rhythm and the innate structure but if it's your first couple pitches and you have a lot at stake, I highly suggest writing out every single word like you're going, yes. like how you're going to say it. Um, I don't do that shit. It has nothing to do with pitching. It's just a pet peeve that I've been seeing a lot. I would say, don't do this. Don't give me in your screen direction just the literal bare bones, uh, dry version of what I'm seeing on screen. I know that a lot of mm. screenwriting teachers teach that. It's just a blueprint, man. It's just a blueprint for a movie. Just write what they're seeing. And so what I see a lot of young screenwriters do is literally write what we're seeing. They walk to the refrigerator. They get a can of Coke. They drink it. They offer a sip to their mom who's sitting at the kitchen table. I understand that that literally tells us what's on the screen. But here's my advice. Pick better verbs. Pick better verbs. And find the poetry in your screen direction. 
the best screenplays, if you read screenplays that are nominated for awards and that are for movies that you really love, you'll see that there is a rhythm and a poetry and it has to do with picking really good verbs. I keep on my desktop a list of a hundred different words for walk. I keep on my desktop of my computer a list for a hundred different words for see. And so I'm always trying to find the right verb that tells me the feeling, the sound, the emotional expression of what they're doing. So they're not just walking to the refrigerator, they're stomping to the refrigerator or they're creeping to the refrigerator or they're tiptoeing to the refrigerator. They don't see a can of Coke in the refrigerator. They study a can of Coke in the refrigerator. They regard all the beverage options in the refrigerator. Picking the best verbs for your uh, screen direction will make your writing a hundred times better. Even if you're saying the exact same thing, even if the content of your statement is the exact same and you just wanna literally talk about how somebody walks into a room, pick a better verb and all of a sudden it becomes poetry. I, is it, I know we're out of, that's so good. I know we're, I know we're out of time. I, I really wanna piggyback on that. Go. Can I do it or yes, am I please. I love that. I think that's great, man. Thank and you, Shul. This is probably what we should do more on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to it in an hour, at minute 59. <laughs> but uh, I totally agree. And I would just say that something I was taught a long time ago on that on, is to keep things active in the action description too, to to try to avoid using, avoid, not, not never, but avoid using ING, avoid yeah. using uh, adverbs, L-Y. Try to keep things present and active. Yes. Um, not he was sitting, he sits, you know, yes. whatever. The, and whatever the, where, whatever but the even better, verbs, that's better. But even better that. than he sits, he plops down into the chair exhausted, sure. right? Absolutely. Like just picking a different verb than sort of the basic bare bones verb will make your writing, I think, much more alive. I agree. And yeah. I really think that comes from, I have to say, not reading scripts. I mean, reading literature. Yes. Yeah. It's another topic we can get into, but I think, you know, that's why I encourage people to read books. Yeah. I mean, this is where language is, you know? Yep. Totally agree. That's actually a really great point. All right. Well, uh, that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the diversity hires. I'm Sherman Payne. And I'm Shakri Tillman. Thanks for listening. Our show is produced by the wonderful August K. Burton. Shout out to AKB. Please visit our website, thediversityhires.com, and follow us on social media of your choice. We are at DivHiresPod across all social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find the Diversity Hires podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. Smash that subscribe button, homie. Subscribe, please. We look forward to seeing you next time. Peace. Later.